From our nation's capital, this is Naps Chat. I'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter and make believe again from you. Hi, this is Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors, and welcome to this week's edition of NAPS Chat. I am once again joined by our Executive Vice President, Ivan Butts. Good afternoon, Ivan. Good afternoon, Bob. Yeah, Ivan, right now, as we are beginning this podcast, the House of Representatives is in the midst of its debate on the economic stimulus package to combat the coronavirus, and that is the H.R. 748, which is the Senate-passed legislation. Let's start talking about something that happened earlier this week, and that's on Monday when the House of Representatives Committee Chair on Appropriations, Nita Lowy, introduced the House version of the stimulus package, H.R. 6379. That legislation would have been extremely helpful to the Postal Service had it been considered by the United States Senate. It included $25 billion in appropriations for the Postal Service to help stabilize it in the midst of the coronavirus crisis. It would have increased the Postal Service's debt limit by $15 billion and wiped out past debt. In addition, it enabled the Postal Service to establish temporary flexible delivery points during the pandemic and also would have sort of nationalized an incentive to implement vote by mail. This would have been extremely helpful. Yeah, yeah, Bob, absolutely. That would have been extremely helpful to the Postal Service and not just the Postal Service, to uh, the American public as we continue to try to move forward in this uh, pandemic uh, event and then made some some semblance of not just uh, of normalcy and mail delivery, uh, delivery of medicines and packages, but also uh, give some, some sense of stability to our democracy and looking at some of the things that would help promote a vote by mail for our upcoming elections. So yeah, the, that bill uh, introduced uh, by, the, by the House was, was significant. And it, it was a little disheartening to see the changes uh, in the Senate version that kind of tampered down some of that. But there's still opportunity. That's I'm, 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 I'm encouraged that there's still opportunity. But that opportunity is probably going to come with some things that you and I have been talking about. Sure, Ivan. Now, H.R. 748, which is the legislation that the Senate adopt, actually enact, passed unanimously, 96 to 0, Includes mm-hmm. very limited, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to stress this point, very limited assistance to the Postal Service, because all it really would do would increase its borrowing authority by $10 billion. And some folks say that that isn't going to last very long for the Postal Service because there's going to be an immediate need for revenue because of the decrease in the business, the business transaction, the transactional business that goes through the mail, particularly now through August. Yeah, I, I think when we see that again, the original twenty-five billion and, and what that could have done to help stabilize postal uh, uh, service uh, operations in this situation right now, then dropping down to just increasing our borrowing ability by the ten billion dollars. Obviously, that that's not 
as effective as as the House version of the bill. And and, and but you know, I, I think there's opportunities probably later on down the road. We're already hearing about a, a fourth stimulus bill that's going to come out, so that could pose some opportunities. And I think when we dig deeper into you know the, the bill. Uh, this third one, the, the third uh, stimulus package, then we can start to see some of the things that in there that we need to, to kind of push back on that that aren't, you know, uh, uh, quote unquote, American first, uh, but more uh, corporate uh, first. Yeah, one of the expressed concerns about the stimulus packages passed by the Senate and its $10 billion increase in debt to the Postal Service is that the Secretary of the Treasury, Steve Mnuchin, the primary author of the White House's uh, Postal Service uh, Task Force uh, proposal, is will set the conditions on that $10 billion loan to the Postal Service or any part of it the Postal Service uh, requests. And one sort of wonders what Mnuchin, the Secretary of the Treasury Mnuchin, is what conditions he will place upon the borrowing by the Postal Service of uh, $10 billion or any amount of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, you know, the concern is for me so much of what they are is that the potential of, of, of him doing it uh, in general. I think we, we've kind of over the past few months or the past years of, of the administration, we kind of understand where where the, the voice and tone for uh, USPS operations has been from the administration side. So the executive branch side. So uh, again, you know, we kind of know what the trend is. So I, I think you don't have to wonder too much uh, uh, to know, uh, to think where the support could be or how that support will be. I think we, we have to rely on, again, the, those leaders uh, that, that we have relied on uh, all these years to be our champions up there to make sure that, you know, the language in, in these stimulus packages that are supportive of continuing to deliver America's mail, providing security for our democracy through the election process. Uh, our our voice and carry through in the words of the bills that are being passed, and that's to include you know again that's that's finances and and also you know and I'm, and I think we need to kind of look at internally actually what we're doing in the postal service as far as you know making sure we have PPE and things of that nature out there for our people in the field doing uh, this this vital work right now. Again, I think, you know, I think I, I've seen uh, several newscasts where they highlight uh, our hardworking men and women of the Postal Service being the only one walking on the streets. Uh, I know I saw a picture in the New Orleans where the carrier was in the French Quarter. The only person in the French Quarter was a carrier making his making his appointed rounds, and, and America finds comfort in that. But you know, to, to remain, to give them that sense of comfort and normalcy, we have to do the right thing. Three of our champions actually had the opportunity to speak to the importance of the postal service uh, on the floor today. For example, Congressman Steve Lynch from Massachusetts, Democrat from Massachusetts, spoke rather passionately about the Postal Service 
um, its employees continuing to work despite the fact of the challenges that the virus has placed in their path. Uh, Secondly, he spoke about the need for postal relief in potential fourth stimulus package, which uh, will come probably, um, I would probably think sometime in later this spring. And lastly, the importance of vote by mail as an important um, way in which to protect our democracy. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and Bob, you know, you and I worked closely with this vote by mail uh, initiative, you know, for a number of years, actually, you know, even before you, you came to, to us uh, uh, to NAPS, even, you know, you've been involved with the vote by mail initiative. So uh, we, we, we know the value of it. We know the sanctity of it. We know the, the, the ability to increase turnout. We know the ability to uh, reduce fraud. Uh, we know all those components from what we've seen in those uh, five states that are doing vote by mail currently in that data. Uh, so, you know, uh, Representative Lynch is definitely one of our champions. We we love supporting him. Uh, we we definitely we definitely lean on him and support him wholeheartedly for that. And it's because he understands the value of the United States Postal Service to America. He understands the value in this time uh, that vote by mail can bring to our democracy and, and wants to see us capitalize on, on it uh, for America, to, for the betterment of America. And, and we fully support that. Right. Also, as I mentioned, Brenda Lawrence spoke um, rather spoke about the importance of the of postal employees um, in, in, in the current situation. But also earlier this week, the chairman of the Government Operations Committee, subcommittee, one of our champions, Jerry Connolly, was rat, was furious at the Senate for not including any meaningful, and when I say meaningful, I use that with a capital M, not, you know, that he doesn't necessarily consider the $10 billion uh, potential loan to the Postal Service a meaningful opportunity to save the Postal Service. But what he said is when the Senate bill hands out to the Boeing Corporation, which has had problems with its Max 737 jets, uh, somewhere the neighborhood of $17 billion in relief in this package. How can the Senate justify not including um, an essential service such as the Postal Service in its stimulus package? Yeah, and that's a, and that's a real concern. That, that should be a real concern for all of us, not just as postal uh, uh, managers and postal employees, but actually, you know, all of us as a, as Americans, if we're we're looking at this pandemic event where we're trying to make sure we do the best for our country, and we have a legislation that's this, that that has this banner that says this is the legislation that supports America, and then but within the lines of that, we have these things that that speak to. Uh, bailouts for corporations, opportunities for stock buybacks for corporations, uh, you know, those kind of things are, are working directly against us us working for America. Yeah, one of the other areas as I was going through the Senate passed legislation was $170 billion in tax relief over a 10-year period to real estate investors. So once again, we're concerned about the inattention uh, on the part of the Senate majority to the needs of the Postal Service with, with but a few exceptions. Generally, our champions in the Senate, like Senator Peters 
from Michigan and others have really been hamstrung in trying to secure assistance for the Postal Service, not only in terms of reform generally, but in form of reacting to the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, I, I, I'm, like I said, Bob, I think I'm a little, I, I am concerned about those things. And I hope that it's not, you know, that we can, at least in this, this next uh, round of legislation, kind of address some of those things in a way that it doesn't leave us with the, the appearance of bad business as usual uh, uh, when we write, when legislation is being written uh, under a banner of all good purposes. But when you when you go below the banner that you see some bad intentions or, or ill-directed intentions be part of the outcome. This is a time of a crisis like none other uh, that, that, we're, that we're facing. It's, it's hard for us as an agency. We're asking our, our employees, our, our leaders, uh, supervisory and the manager and postmaster leaders to go in and, and, and work to, to, to try to keep America, give America a sense of normalcy during this time of, of uncertainty. Um, we were asking our carriers and our clerks to go in and process and move mail, uh, you know, at, at certain risk with the promise that we're going to uh, make sure that they have resources that they had, they need to protect themselves. So we have to live up to that word as an agency. We have to live up to that word and be willing to do that. And as we, as, as these entities, uh, management associations, unions, press our legislative leaders to do the right thing in, in creating the legislation that's not just supportive of the, of, of the postal service or what the, the potential of the Postal Service can be in this, this situation, but also in, in the best interest of America. Now, there are some folks who might be listening to us who, say, who would say, why couldn't the House just send its legislation, which was more favorable to the Postal Service, over to the Senate and see what happened? I do think that that, however, would have delayed the stimulus package, and I think Congress on both sides of the aisle wanted to report this $2 trillion economic stimulus package out as soon as possible to jumpstart the economy and to have considered the House bill, which had not even yet been voted upon by the House, it was just introduced, would have delayed uh, the, the resolution of this issue uh, probably for quite some time. Yeah, you're right. And now that we we hear that, now we have a descending voice on the House on, on the legislation now that would just have hampered it even more. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I you know we understand that there there you, there's concessions that are made and and to get this, you know, nobody or, or I know I heard folks who would say, you know, uh, you don't want to see how the sausage is made. So we know there are a whole lot of things in the making of the sausage that 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 may not be appealing. Um, so you know those compromises that that are made. We hope that you know again that we could we could make better or or or, or make additional uh, resources available in the next version. Because again, we 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 understand fully now there will be more another version of this, a fourth. Uh, of stint package in this stimulus program. So 
we hope that we'll, we, we can move further down that road with, with that. And one of the things, Ivan, I think we will be working together with, uh, with our, I guess, with our postal allies is pushing for inclusion of a postal provision or postal provisions in that fourth stimulus package, which will in all likelihood be drafted on the House side rather than the Senate side. Oh, absolutely. So it is uh, highly likely that uh, you and I will get together with our state uh, legislative chairs to initiate a program to push for that inclusion. I would not to put words in your mouth, Ivan. <laughs> no, go ahead. Are you all right? No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, we have a we have a couple things that we we Bob and I have been talking about, and we're and they definitely involve the involve involve the uh, involvement of our state legislative chairs uh, in helping us push forward on the agendas. And but there are also some things we're going to initiate statewide. Uh, to the state level from NAPS headquarters perspective also. Uh, so we're going to be aggressive in, in what we have done legislatively, uh, well, excuse me, have just, just as aggressive in what we have done legislatively thus far as what we will do legislatively going forward. Uh, and with the support of our members, uh, we'll hopefully uh, play a, a role in, in, in really keeping America moving forward, keeping the democracy of, of America intact, and keeping uh, our country binded by uh, mail. Let's talk about keeping our democracy intact. One of the provisions in the Senate-passed bill, which is currently being voted upon, uh, well, being debated upon, and which will be voted upon later today by the House, is $400 million that is provided to the U.S. Elections Assistance Commission to assist states in securing our democracy and making sure that our elections in November and our primaries are able to withstand the attack of the coronavirus uh, on, on our democracy. Uh, right now, uh, as you know, there are uh, t- 12 states have already delayed their pri- presidential pri- and congressional primaries, and there is significant incentive to pivot from an in-person polling station voting method to vote by mail. And in fact, just maybe yesterday or day before the state of Maryland's commissioner of elections has written a letter to the governor, Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland, to run the June 2nd presidential primary totally vote by mail. Yeah, and I I would hope that we would start seeing um, the state uh, secretaries of state or the state election commission officials start to reach out to their governors uh, uh, and, and request those same things. I mean, we saw what happened and we've seen the kind of uh, what we've seen is, you know, almost a little explosion, especially in uh, Florida and uh, uh, there's another location in, in, the, in the mail-in ballots. You know, so we see that Americans are, are, are trending more to the vote by mail uh, uh, aspect, and and they and they were very much, I believe, cling to that as a, as the op, the the alternative to standing in long polling line, uh, election booth lines and polling place lines and things like that. So yes, uh, I I think I encourage uh, uh, Governor Hogan, uh, who is uh, I 
guess currently my governor, uh, to 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 adopt that vote by mail. You know, in 2018, the midterm elections, about one quarter of all ballots cast in the United States were by mail. So this is not something that is not a novel idea. This is something that's tried and tested and mm-hmm. and effective. Yeah, well, you know, it's been growing. I mean, uh, the, the vote by mail initiative has grown year after year after year. So now I think this is just, you know, maybe a, a situation, uh, an idea whose time has come. Yeah, I mean, look, I know that the state of Wisconsin is now pushing absentee ballots for their primaries. Wyoming, Alaska, Hawaii are all male primaries. In fact, New York State is now exploring the idea of do of conducting its primary elections in vote by mail. So we're talking about some substantial, large voter turnout states moving to a vote by mail option. Now, there are those who would argue the four hundred million dollars cre- provided to the U.S. Uh, um, commission um, elections assistance commission is not simply enough, and that the provision in the House um, introduced bill to uh, integrate the Klobuchar Wyden legislation, which nationalizes creates a, a standardization of vote by mail, is probably the most effective way in which to sort of conduct our democracy, particularly in a situation where there is a national disaster such as the one we're currently confronting. Yeah, I agree. I, the four hundred uh, million is not we we believe is not enough to really fully enact it. But I think one of the things we can see is that if the, the demand and desire uh, really kind of absorbs that four hundred million uh, in in such a manner, it, it can mandate that that more be given. We could grow the process through the use of the process, although we feel that those resources may be limited right now. By our use of those resources, uh, we could show the demand for more resources in that in that area. Well, Ivan, that's about all the time we have for today. I'm, I'm just going to ask you if you have any parting message for our listeners, for our dedicated NAPS employees who are on the front lines right now. Yeah, I guess in closing, I just want to say to all of our supervisors, managers, and postmasters out here, and or anyone else, any any one of our other employees who listens to our podcast, uh, I, we thank you guys. We we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for what you're doing and trying to keep America's mails moving and trying to keep America in a sense of normalcy of seeing their mail every day, seeing their carrier, getting their medicine, getting their packages. Uh, I truly appreciate that hard work you're doing out there to make that happen. And we hear you that we need to make sure from this level of uh, organization or association, we need to make sure that you're being put in the best position possible to do that as safe as possible so that you also return home safe to your families and in the, in, in, the, in the best way. And that's by making sure that we make sure that the Postal Service leadership are giving you the resources that you need to do your job as safe as possible. So we hear that also, and we, and we will fight for that too. Okay, thank you, Ivan, and everyone out there, stay safe and be healthy. Until next week. I'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter